All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Oh, <laughs> uh, said got him. Ballsack got him. Uh, I, like I like that. I like that as for a thing to say. Well, like, uh -huh. Ballsack ball got him. Well, it's just like, man, we like, we've grown up, like, we've had a darn Schefter <laughs> and all those guys and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. But Mike, just it, like the absurdity of it being ball sack sports. It's oh, so man. good. It's you got so sacked. good. You got sacked. And, like that's the thing though. Like it's like the ball sack is also a thing in the in the culture. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how like all ball sack. Like you don't have a ball sack. I mean, you never like I bought a ball sack recently from Dicks, where like I keep all my balls. You know, like big mesh things where you just a big wide open and you throw any yeah, balls. Yeah, that doesn't kinda... make it a thing in the culture. I'm saying it's a thing in sports culture. Yeah, ball sex. It's, it's, it's an item that you can buy and almost no one would call it a ball sack. Okay, but you could. Like a <laughs> European could and wouldn't be wrong. You got to think about that. You know, like if Luka Dantich said, oh, yeah, give me my favorite ball. It's in a ball sack. Like, yeah, Brandon, you know, like, I could also yeah. call my I could also call my shorts my dick basket and I don't like <laughs> it's not this Yes it is hey. it's the same it's the same it's not the it's same. same it's the same it's not the same and now you just walked your ass into the cold open it's this vine <laughs> I wish I wish you would I'm proud of that because it points out how absurd you are I'm like oh let's get something out of the ball sack like Yes, a ball sack is is a real thing. Like I just I bought a ball sack. I I understand it's technically a real thing, but when we're adults with an understanding of this situation, oh, oh shit, my microphone! You didn't even know my microphone was sh shitty, big bitty. How about, how's it sound? Now? Sounds a lot better. <laughs> Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That's me. With me as always, very uh, lakered out right now, color scheme wise. Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Doing well. Uh, yesterday was is it the twentieth anniversary of Kobe getting 
drafted by the Hornets, trade the whatever Lakers, eighteen year old. So yeah, it always does make it weird in the NBA because we have those like clear like drafted and then traded things like it's not like the nfl where the picks get traded before the nba makes you put on the hat so we have all these weird pictures of guys with their original teams well that i mean it happens every so often right because the eli manning and who else before that uh where it was like manning philip rivers yeah but i'm saying there was actually pictures of eli manning begrudgingly wearing his Chargers. Yeah, but it happens far less often in the NFL yes. than the NBA. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I, 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 I dig it as I dig it as. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. We got a great show for everyone today. Ashley Nicole Moss joining the show. Very excited yes. about this one. Host over at Sports Illustrated. Christian Winfield, who has joined this podcast before. You can catch them on Certified Buckets over on Uninterrupted. It's awesome. We have a a great conversation with Ashley about a lot of things around the NBA and team building going forward and how we're kind of seeing this play out across the league. Uh, One of her favorite quarterbacks in the NFL and his place on a current power rankings list. And... Food opinions I was not ready for from Ashley. I don't know her like this, Brandon. She is someone that you know from your past lives around the sports media industry. Yes. I wasn't ready for some of the heat that she brought to the table here. Big fan of some of her fa- takes, especially around the textures of certain foods. She came to the right party to talk about being a textural eater. Right, yes. Uh, people go to Ashley Nicole Moss for a lot of things. Uh, she's awesome, does great things with Sports Illustrated, laces out. Go check it out. She's a... She's a was it, what are you guys called? Shoe head? She's a shoe head like yourself. Uh, so next time we have her on, we'll talk about that when we get into shoes. But I know she is a true blue blood New Yorker. And with that, takes don't come soft. So I saw that slander that she had about blue cheese on her Twitter timeline. And I was like, listen, this is the perfect place for Ashley Nicole Moss to get her food takes off. Uh, I'm hoping... That's just the first of many uh, appearances that we can, you know, talk all the things going on in the NBA and the NFL, but also the most important thing, the things that keeps us alive and, and keeps us going every morning, calories. Speaking, speaking of calories, um, so I, I've been out in Minnesota. Our good friend and former teammate Kyle Rudolph and his yes. wife Jordan are uh, a part of a great foundation out here that helps the Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital uh, in Minneapolis where Kyle was a member of the Vikings for nine years and they put on that golf tournament every year got to come out here and play in that it was awesome they do such a phenomenal job you know Kyle's got his you know Kyle Rudolph's end zone at the hospital where kids who are going through treatments and really hard times have this space to still play and go be kids and It's super powerful and it's super touching and and all of that is awesome work by Kyle, by Jason Zucker, who is a member of the Wild out here and plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins now uh, on the hockey side of things. All awesome stuff by them. What it also meant was I got to be out here with Kyle and Jordan, our friends, who are like-minded in that we are all Taco Bell connoisseurs. I once left an NFLPA party at the Super Bowl in Miami to go eat Taco Bell with Kyle and Jordan. And last night, we mentioned on this podcast, I mean, weeks ago when it first came out, in Minneapolis, the Taco Bell Defy. That giant mecha Taco Bell that was built into an old bank where the tubes that you would normally shoot checks up and get receipts and cash in return has now been replaced with something that dispenses tacos. We went to it last night. And wow, Brandon, what a magical experience. 
No. No. Yes, you will be able to talk about this. I want to hear about this magical, magical experience. But this is twice now on this podcast that you said that you would go venture out and obtain a, a food conquest. And both of them had to do with Taco Bell in very, very different zip codes and area codes. And I should have known not to try my boy, mainly because you travel so much, but also proximity, thinking about Kyle and Jordan in Minnesota, where Taco Bell Defy was, where you reported it was, where, where the, the Cheez-It, one place that the Cheez-It was going to be in Taco Bell was drivable distance for you and your Ford Bronco. I'm very, very pissed, but shouts out to you. And, and, and uh, you deserve all your flowers, sir. And I, I apologize for doubting you. No, listen, that's fine. Like I've said, we have a longstanding relationship, Brandon, but we're still getting to know each other even better doing this every day. So <laughs> you thought you could try my shit on this, and you learned very quickly that I'm not that dude to fuck with when it comes to this. And I will say, what an incredible experience going through that start to finish, Brandon, and being able to chase this down. This is how about it we were. When we rolled up there, the employees at this Taco Bell all had these sick-ass black Taco Bell bomber jackets on that had, like, the TB logo. We were straight up trying to buy one of the jackets off one of the employees in the line there. You know, again, for the Taco Bell, if anyone from, like, the Taco Bell brass is listening, they didn't give it up because they, you know, understand it's important. But, man, we were trying our best to haggle for one of those because best believe I would have been dripped up in that jacket right now as we were talking if we had managed to pull it off. I can't imagine how beautiful, how stylish the stitching the uh, of that jacket is because Taco Bell does not get enough credit for their very, very drippy uh, graphic tees that their employees are allowed to throw on during uh, fourth meal uh Team third shift that I usually see my my Taco Bell friends and get a chance to meet up with my my friends in the drive through. But some of those T shirts, I are like Bro. like they would sell out at Hot Topic if they went online. Like, and I, I just, I was like, damn, oh, they got, like, they do got, I bro, they it? got the merch store online. Like, I'm you like, should, should I, should like... I sign up? I mean, do I, do I become an employee just to just to get one of these vintage shirts? Bro, I think you could, you could, like they showed us the website. You can just get this online now. It's a new really? world. Where they have like legit stuff out here. Like I might buy a mild hot sauce robe. That's where I'm at in life right now. So <laughs> if anyone was thinking about checking out the Taco Bell bunch, by the way, the fact clothes. that it gets a name like Defy, like it's some sort Did of like weird. Things? Yes, it defied my. It defied any and all expectations you could have had for what you believe Taco Bell was supposed to be. Even in a lot of the newer Taco Bells that are like the newer Dunkin' Donuts that are squared off, more modern looking, certainly have like very clean edges around it. This one felt like you were driving into a spaceship and it operated efficiently. There were a ton of happy customers and I was thrilled to go there and slam what I think is pound for pound one of the best quesadillas this nation has to offer when you go through that drive-thru. And that Baja Blast will always and forever be the draw for me. So and yeah, they had the five TLC, stars. TLC through the through the uh, the draft through too. They had it all, man. They had it all, man. So by the way, was- uh, Taco Bell Taco Shop I'm not going. No shameless. No more shameless plugs. But that's that's where yeah. I'm at right now, physically got, and they- mentally. <laughs> 
Taco Bell sponsored the show. In the meantime, we're gonna take a quick we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we will have an interview that touches even more on food, basketball, and the NFL with Ashley Nicole Moss in just a second. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So, what what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. All right, very excited here to talk to new friend on the show here. It is very fun as we're getting later and later into the podcast game here that we get to talk to some new folks and folks that I have not met yet. But Ashley Nicole Moss, you can check her out, a host over at Sports Illustrated and SNY. Christian Winfield, who has been a friend of the podcast already, she co-hosts Certified Buckets on Uninterrupted with Christian and Lethal Shooter. You can also check her out with Laces Out here. Ashley, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. No, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm mad sorry, that they could. I'm mad that they couldn't get our, uh, you know, Taco Bell conversation <laughs> that we were having off the air on the podcast because that was grade A stuff. We shouldn't have to talk about anything else. <laughs> we shouldn't. I like. I wanted to talk about Taco Bell and space space with you, Ashley, because you were out here tweeting about the only thing I've been following today, which is that new telescope that NASA fired up. That's wild. Like pictures of the galaxy that are 13 and a half billion years old it doesn't even make sense to my brain no it's so crazy when you look at like the before and the after it's just it's insane it blows your mind like how much technology has changed and gotten better and just what it results and i think a lot of the times we're always talking about technology like for the worst right like oh social media oh this and that but it's you know moments like that where you realize like no technology still has some good things about it there's some good things that come out of it It it's just it's really really dope to look at i love i love photos like that well where does technology fit in with conspiracy theories theories because one of my newest favorite conspiracy theories is that the moon is a vacant alien ship that has permafrosted and it's reflecting off the sun and it does have the gravitational pull, but it's an alien spaceship that's just sitting. That's why you can see it in the, in the daytime. I have not heard that there. theory. I don't know what Reddit, you know, threads you're in, but uh, <laughs> All right. that's, not so you're one saying... that's, that's not one that's come across my desk yet, Brandon. 
No, Brandon, you're up there with the people because I did like I'm like Ashley, like looking at this thing. So it's the James Webb Space Telescope, and it can like see an infrared better than anything we've used before. Like the Hubble Telescope now looks super outdated. And I saw someone post NASA spent all this money on a new telescope to do what some intern with a better understanding of Photoshop on Instagram could have done for their old photos of these galaxies. Like that's what you sound like right now, Brandon. You sound like you're Hayden. I'm sound like I'm hating. You sound like you're hating on this. Yes, I'm just serious saying, stuff open, here. We're trying to find out about the origins of the universe over here, and you want to talk about the moon being a hollowed out spaceship? What are you doing? How, how does the how does the moon being a hollowed out spaceship not talk about the origins of the universe? Like, am it I missing something? Like it just sounds like you're really in the dark, dark depths of the web, like where Elon Musk hangs out, yeah. and yes. like. How he comes up with all his ideas. It sounds like you're on that side of the spectrum rather than the yeah. side that we're on. So you okay. might want to shift backwards. That's what I'm saying. Might sounds like I, I I know Kyrie's uh, avid, uh like uh, burners. Yeah. You know, his little. Uh, sounds yeah, like okay. you've been taking you know your science classes with Kyrie. No shade, Kyrie. Love you, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you either, Djokovic. Congratulations on the Wimbledon. <laughs> oh my god no it, it it is so interesting right now too so in addition to the depth i feel like every time something weird happens someone finds a way to bring it back to kyrie irving is the origin story like aaron Rodgers got a new tattoo everyone said that tattoo looks like kyrie irving sounds like all of it seems to draw back to what we've got going on here this summer. Like, Ashley, for you, as someone that follows New York basketball as closely as you guys do and certainly has to be around Christian talking about four-team trades, I just saw him you know, tweet the article about today here. Like, Does any part of this feel like we're just getting to the point with Kyrie and KD where they may actually be forced to stick around in Brooklyn for a little bit? I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. You know, when I got the news that, you know, with the rest of the world when the shock wore off that Kevin Durant wanted out of Brooklyn, I said, great on paper, but it's not going to be as easy to move him as they think the Nets and Kevin Durant think it's going to be right. Like any team could use Kevin Durant. I've made no secret about saying that. I think he's the best basketball player, the greatest basketball player, you know, in the world right now, however you want to word it. But because of that, he comes a hefty price tag that I feel like, a lot of teams in the NBA aren't willing to pay. I think you look at a lot of teams who have gone through like the dark ages of rebuilding and have invested a lot into the draft, into free agency and have built teams that they're now seeing the benefits of it. They're playoff contenders. They're working towards being championship contenders and they've gone through the motions of, of doing that work. You look at Boston, you look at Memphis, you look at Phoenix, you look at even the Warriors. These are teams that haven't really taken shortcuts for the most part. They're teams that have gone through the motions. Even if you look at Detroit, Cleveland, teams also that went through very dark ages once LeBron left in Cleveland and, you know, Detroit's been dealing with Detroit things since the beginning of time. They're now seeing the benefits of drafting well and being patient. And a lot of teams are not willing to blow that up for a 33-year-old player who, again, I think is one of the greatest and will be one of the greatest to ever do it, but you have to kind of weigh your pros and cons. And as we've seen in the NBA, you can't instant soup championships. Brooklyn tried that. It didn't work. You look at a team like the Lakers. They tried it. Didn't work. You look at a team like the Warriors who, after Kevin Durant left, Went through the trials and errors. You know, Clay Thompson got hurt. Seth Curry got hurt. Draymond was out. They have a lot of young talent that they were still molding. And now look, their championship, they won a championship once again without Kevin Durant. So the formula has been proven 
that you can do it without cheating the system. It's going to take you longer, but you can do it. And I think a lot of teams think the long game now instead of that instant popcorn championship mindset. Do you think that's been a response to what we've seen here in recent years? Because I can remember going back to even, you know, a lot of credit goes to LeBron with all this, but you had the Boston Big Three before that, certainly LeBron going down to Miami. But going back to the Giannis championship, like, do you think some of this is the league looking around and saying, all right, maybe LeBron was able to pull this off, but if we don't have him, this becomes a much harder challenge. Right. I think that the era of the super team, and I've said this for months, is is falling by the wayside. I think the big three, probably at the, the era after Kevin Durant went and joined the Warriors was probably the last time that that championship, you know, instant soup championship was going to work, right? Because even with the Lakers, I wouldn't even consider the team that won in, a, in the bubble a super team. Like that was a team yeah. that just happened to work well together, but it wasn't what you would consider a super team. The last super team was the that Warriors team with Kevin Durant. But I think you see now, you know, across the league, the formula has showed that you can be successful without having to do that. You have a lot of young guys. You look at like a John Morant. You look at like a Giannis. You look at, you know, Paolo, who's now in Orlando. You look at like the the Cavs. A lot of guys want to do it their way. They don't want to cheat the system. They don't want to go ahead and join a bunch of Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers and say, oh, we're going to win a championship. Brooklyn tried it. It didn't work. And it didn't work multiple times with multiple different players. It's just not something that I feel like in this era of basketball with so much talent going to so many different cities and a lot of those cities, not quote unquote, being the sexiest, but they're six. I mean, the Timberwolves looked great and they only got better. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that you have to team up with a LeBron James to guarantee to be guaranteed successful. Boston went through the motions of building that team. And they're probably one of the best constructed teams in the NBA. They don't need Kevin Durant. They swept Kevin Durant. Like they've only gotten better. The formula is just not what it used to be. Yeah, it seems like the formula is ad hoc based on whatever the year is. I mean, is is Kawhi playing this year? You know what I mean? Like with the, the injuries are, are such big swings. And even talking about Kyrie, not an injury, but you got a 30-year-old who has only played 120-some-odd games with uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and now he's we're expecting him to get moved, too. So I, I feel like... Even look at the Clippers, though. That was a super team yeah. at one point. Yeah. It was Kawhi. It was Paul George. It was that supporting cast. That was supposed to te- be the team that won the whole thing. And what happened? They did not play together, and that team did not do what they were supposed to do. It was Brooklyn before Brooklyn was Brooklyn. I mean, we've seen it. I don't understand why these guys and why these owners, you know, I know Joe Sy was liking tweets on Twitter, you know, saying, you know, not so great yeah. things about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I don't have sympathy for you because you knew what it was when you signed up. You try to cheat your way to a parade in New York thinking if you threw them together in a pot, you were going to get, you know, uh, a championship, you know, within a year. It doesn't always work like that. Okay. And we've seen it. Ashley, that's you throwing shade now. You're throwing I'm just shade saying. because 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 <laughs> at that point in time, they the model hadn't switched up at that point in time. They were just doing what it took to win a championship. The model, but that's what that's what people fail to realize. The model had already shown 
to be dying. They mm. just thought that they could grab onto the tail end of it. We've already seen that you can't force chemistry and you may be able to like, you can't count what the Lakers did in the bubble. I know that's like a, you know, a taboo thing to say. It was a different environment. It was a different system. It was, everything was different. If you look at it in a, a regular NBA season after that in that space between the Warriors with Kevin Durant and now, the formula is just different. You can't cheat your way to that. You can't throw a bunch of guys on a court and say, all right, go win me a chip. That's not how that works. Like It's just, it's not how it works. Anyway. Well, and, and I would even say, because I, I always thought like, and I understand like it, saying cheat the game and a lot of people viewed it that way. I think the more we look back on it, it's going to be the cost of doing business in the era where LeBron James played basketball because there are going to be other great players. And Kevin Durant, I'm with you, the best player when he is healthy right now, he's the best player on planet Earth, even in a world where Giannis and so many of these other guys exist. But LeBron James had a magnetic force about him, his style of play, how he shares the basketball. He was able to do this in a way that made other basketball teams feel like they were banging their head against the wall. So I think people got desperate and felt like they had to do different things for that. But Ashley, to your point, it's super interesting to look at it now because I even think back to like what happens when you really make a super team? You sacrifice depth for top end depth for top end talent, so the margin for error injury wise becomes even slimmer. All that happened in the bubble was Anthony Davis stayed healthy and played his best basketball. And since then, they've had trouble keeping those two pillars healthy. Same thing with the Brooklyn Nets. That team looked like it could have won a championship in year one, but those guys all got injured in the postseason, and it ended up being Kevin Durant, the shoe size, uh, the shoe size jokes, and all that stuff. So I, I think you're right in that because so much young talent has come up the way it has right now, people have been able to err on the side of depth. And I think a large part of that just has to do with the fact that LeBron James doesn't run one half of the league in the same way that he used to in a way that made people so desperate. Absolutely. And I mean, even LeBron, I think the last super team he was really on was the Miami Heat team. I don't count the Cavs as a super team. I don't count the Lakers as a Thank super you. team. He definitely helped push that model forward of players demanding trades to cities where they can win championships quicker. And that lasted for a few years. And he wasn't the only player who did that. Then the Miami Heat weren't the only team who did that. They just showed that for a moment in time, it was a successful model. But you start looking at the way the changing of the guards and those guys that were running the league are now getting older. And the guys who came into the league under them are getting older and better. And the teams that they were on, that they were drafted to, have taken the years of kind of being forgotten about and at the bottom of the barrel to build their roster top to bottom instead of just making it top heavy. So when you do that, you look at the Bucks. you have a complete team. Starting, you have your superstars, but you have a bench. Look at the Memphis Grizzlies, your superstars, your bench. The Boston Celtics, your superstars, your bench. It just goes that now in the NBA, you need complete teams to win basketball games. The Warriors don't win that championship if they are not a complete team. Because as you saw, there were games when Steph was off. There were games when Clay was off. Most of the games Clay was off. That last series, Draymond was off. But that doesn't hurt you when you have six, seven other guys within your roster that can go ahead and fill in those gaps. You can't do that in Brooklyn because you're invested in just three guys. And one of them 
two of them, one doesn't play at all. And the other one only plays half the time. So it's like, it doesn't work like that. Well, to talk about superstars and benches, I don't, that's why I don't think those Miami Heat teams that LeBron was on gets enough credit because they had a bench. Like that was one of the reasons why they could handily beat the teams that they did. And that's why the Lakers bubble championship sticks in everyone's crawl so much because they didn't have a bench. <laughs> and and I'm glad you said LeBron's been a long time since he's been on a super team. He's just have done super star things getting up well, to it. So, but I want to stick I, with the Miami Heat. I, I, well, I would okay. I want to dispute the Lakers not being a super team thing because when you harvest that much to go out there and pull Anthony Davis over, you're at least trying to go after that model, right? Like they yeah, might but what not are you have had up the to big, get him. I mean, look what they gave up to get him. But they the team, but the team as a whole wasn't a super team. Like, you wouldn't put that in the category of the Warriors or the big three in Boston right. or the big three in my – like, that wasn't a super team. It was a good basketball team yes. that took advantage of a very, very just complex situation. Yeah. And they ran through a Western team in that bubble, a Western conference, rather, in that bubble that was not up to par with what they would have normally been if the situation was different. That I There's a lot of factors in that. I, I, I completely agree with you. And I understand super team, we generally tend to think like three big time superstars, like three guys that are going to be, you know, Hall of Famers, top 75 players, that kind of stuff. I'm just saying they operated the way that we talk about those super teams doing, which is you build up to then harvest for big, high-priced stars that you can bring in, even if it doesn't net you that result. Like, I would count them in people that tried to do business like that because they did sacrifice the young players that they had been developing in the name of bringing Anthony Davis over as the proven commodity already. That was all I would say about that. I mean, I can, yeah, I could see it like that from that angle as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's fair, but the heat culture... Mm -hmm. They're trying to make sure they do it a different way and claiming that they've been doing it away for a long time, even when they had those super teams. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But you're down in Miami, Ashley. How are the people holding up? Because they've been knocking on the door for a very long time, just about to get uh, to a championship. And basically, the, the East gets stronger, in my opinion. You're going you're gonna to have uh, Chris Middleton back. For the Bucks, you're going to have James Harden with a full offseason with the Philadelphia 76ers. Embiid, obviously, we talked about his health. Uh, it seems like the Miami Heat are, are kind of dropping in the East as everyone else is getting better, better or healthier. I mean, that's that's the mistake a lot of people make with them every single year, right, is counting them out. This is True. a team that for some reason, I don't know if it's because Miami games aren't as televised as some other teams, this is a team that a lot of people count out every single year and they continually prove them wrong every single year. This is a team that I covered early in my career when I was on Miami sports radio. And I mean, when you really like are focused solely on them because you have to, you gain a far greater appreciation for what that organization is top to bottom. I mean, this is taboo as a Knicks fan to say Pat Riley is a genius. Mm. Like Pat Riley thinks three steps ahead. He's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. He's, you know, what he visualizes for that team is not always, if you look at the, if you look at the, the Miami Heat team from this past season, those aren't top draft picks. I think no, the no. highest draft pick that they have at the time was Tyler Hero, who I think went 14th in his yep. draft. They're not, mm -hmm. you know, top five draft picks. Pat Riley and that organization is much like the genius of what the San Antonio Spurs have done for years 
is they I find like diamonds in the rough that people overlook. They look overseas. They look in the G League. You know, they look at the guys who may fly under the radar coming out of college that don't have the best, you know, draft ratings and things like that. And they develop them. They have one of the toughest um, conditioning programs in the NBA. There's been stories of like Pat Riley be like, you're, I remember James Johnson is the first name that comes to mind. Went into conditioning during training camp. Pat Riley said, you're not in shape. Get out of my gym. And he couldn't come back until he was in shape. Between that, Eric Spolster, who I think is an absolute genius. Yeah. And I was tough on Eric Spolster in the big three era. I used to think he was Pat Riley's puppet. And Pat Riley was like telling him what plays to call on his ear. And he has drastically like proved me. And I think a lot of people wrong. He's an exceptional coach. Those guys respect him. And that's just a well-oiled machine in Miami. And I think their superpower, when I interviewed Bam Adebayo, he told me their superpower is constantly under is constantly being underrated by the media. They enjoy mm. it. That's where they thrive the most. <laughs> I, mean, we, I feel like media is going to keep giving it to them year yeah, in, year I out. Mean, and they keep proving them wrong. I mean, that's the number one seed in the East last year. And it wasn't because it was a bubble season. It wasn't because it was a half a season. That was a full season of basketball. And they remained the number one seed and went all the way to the conference finals and forced multiple game sevens in the playoffs. I mean, the, the proof is there. Like, it's there. So... Now, as we're sitting here in the middle of like summer league with everything going on, is there a team that you see that's starting to do business in a way that like makes you interested that thinks, all right, we might be seeing another one of these franchises being able to pull themselves up out of what's kind of been in the doldrums right now? Because we see, you know, in addition to some of the young guys you mentioned, like John, a lot of those guys that made great strides in the last couple of postseasons, you do have Chet Holmgren in Oklahoma City. You do have Paolo and these guys coming up. So is there a team that you're kind of interested in watching as they grow right now that maybe we haven't mentioned? There's two teams. I mean, Detroit, obviously, I think Detroit has gone through a lot of dark times and they've been patient in the rebuilding and, you know, they've drafted well, like, yeah. you know, Jaden Ivory, you know, Jalen Duran, who I wanted for my New York Knicks, you know, there's just Kate Cunningham. I mean, that is a team of just studs and guys who I really believe want to be in Detroit and turn that franchise around. They're not thinking like, All right, I'm going to be here for a couple of years and then I'm going to dip out. Like they really have roots connected to that city mm -hmm. and they're invested in making Detroit basketball relevant again. And that's like, that's a beautiful thing to see. Cause you know, there are some cities that guys don't want to be in forever. And then obviously my Knicks, you know, I'm, I'm I, the Knicks are the, I have a very Jaylen. toxic relationship with my New York Knicks. Um, but I, I'm happy to see the young talent get their, get their footing and get their confidence. You know, Obi Toppin looks confident. Obviously he's not in the summer league, right. but last season he looked confident. RJ Barrett is turning into the leader of the franchise as I always knew he would be. But then you look at guys like Jericho Sims, you look at guys like Quentin Grimes, you look at guys like McBride who are putting on a show at the summer league and showcasing like, yeah, they may not be top draft picks once again, but these are guys who can hoop. And these are guys who, you know, want to represent New York. I would have loved if we the swap of Mitchell Robinson for Jalen Duran, but that's a different conversation. But I just hope that, um, you know, Tibbs, you know, gets out of his old school ways and starts playing the kids a little bit more because the talent is definitely there. So, well, you guys got, uh, I guess, the Walmart version of. Kyrie Irving with Jalen Brunson. How are you feeling about that that signing? I, oh no! Okay. Oh no! Okay, so let me let me break this down because Knicks fans are mad at me. 
I'm not mad at Jalen Brunson. We needed a point guard. Jalen Brunson is young. I think what he's 26 years old. If I have that right, he, you know, has some shortcomings, not the best on defense, but offensively he can get the job done. My issue is this. I don't like, I don't like contradiction in, in things that people say and things that people do. So Jalen Brunson was constantly, you know, when you said his name, people were constantly saying he's not the savior. He's not the savior. He's not going to turn this franchise around. He's not going to go ahead and bring the city a championship. He's not that guy. You still need to build around him. Cool. So then why are you paying him like he's the savior? Mm. Why are you paying him like he's a top 10 point guard when he's not a top 10 point guard? And I know some people will say, oh, we're not paying him that much. You're paying him more than somebody who's never made an all-star game who's never been an all-star, who has one season really from top to bottom to really gauge what they can bring to a team. And that's a team that's led by Luca. It's not even like he was the main guy. And then on top of that, if you look at his playoff numbers, the first series, sensational. He was averaging 26 points a game. Then it fell off to 18. So to me, that showcases like, is he an asset to a team? Absolutely want him on the Knicks. I was vouching for him on the Knicks during his multiple series, you know, in the playoffs at the tune of $104 million. I don't know. That's where it gets a little tricky for me. Like, seems like that's when the that's when it seems like it's what the Knicks do. It's like it's like the New York mentality. It's like a uh, retail therapy. It's like let's buy, it. let's get this player. Let's right. give him a, let's give him a, a few a few extra million just to you know just to soften the deal. And again, it's not his fault because look at the end of no. the day, you're gonna take what the market gives you. If right. that's you'd be crazy to someone offers you 104 million dollars to do a job. You may not be worth 104 million dollars, but who are you to say? Oh no, I'm not gonna take that. That's too much. You take what you're offered and they offer yeah. him above market value because sometimes when you're needed in a situation, you tend to get more than what you may quote unquote be worth normally. And you take that. So it's not his fault that they overpaid him. It was a short, it was shortcomings of the front office it has nothing to do with him. Are is you at least happy that they have overpaid a young player now instead of an aging name past their prime? Because that feels like progress for the Knicks. That's true. I mean, if you want to look at the glass half full, sure. I just, my issue with overpaying players is, and I hate saying overplay because overpaid, because that makes it sound like I'm a hater and like, I don't want people to get their bags. Like, yeah, and no. We understand that. It's part of the yeah. job. It's, like we all have to be critical right. while still wanting young people to get the bag. Yeah. My issue is, is when you overpay someone based strictly on what you have in their resume thus far, and with Jalen Brunson, it's just one solid year, right? Then if it doesn't work and it's not the be all end all, which again, they keep saying you're not the savior, you're not the savior. If it doesn't work the way you need it to work, now you're in a hole because now you're, you don't have the money to go ahead and play around with if you need to make another move because you're invested in somebody that you technically overpaid. It's the right. same reason why I wanted Jalen Duran on the Knicks. It's not because he's drastically better than what we have. It's because you get Jalen Duran, who has the same skill set as a Mitchell Robinson, if not better in some aspects, but you don't have to pay him $60 million. Right. It Which leaves you $20 million to play with. It's economics. Right. It's not a personal thing. Like, I think in terms of numbers, I don't think in terms of like, oh, I like this guy. I don't like this guy. It's it's bigger than that, you know? 
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, well, uh, as much as we can continue to talk about basketball, I, re- I want to get some NFL takes from you before oh, we, no. before you uh, get all the way up out of here. Now it's list season, Ashley. It is list yes. season. I we know the Cowboys are going to come out of his mouth, so let's just do it. Well, <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. And he'll, we'll, yeah, actually, we're getting there right now. Um, so just let everybody know, I podcast this year started off podcasting with Ashley Nicole Moss. We mm-hmm. guest hosted, guest co-hosted Take Line at Crooked Media. So in, in that time period, I don't know if you guys remember Antonio Brown kind of went crazy and quit like the, the weekend before that. Um, yes, that happened. Um, but in that time period, people were talking about Dak Prescott. As usual. And Ashley Nicole Moss, resident Cowboys fan, is also a Dak Prescott apologist. And uh, <laughs> recently... The top 10 NFL QB rankings came out. This was on GetUp. This is according to league executives, coaches, scouts, and players. Okay, so they ranked them everyone, to 1 to 10. Uh-huh. Here we go. Okay. Okay, so 1 to 10, Aaron Rodgers, number one. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Tom Brady. Number five, Joe Burrow. Number six, Matthew Stafford. Number seven, Justin Herbert. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number nine, Deshaun Watson, ill. And number 10, Dak Prescott. For everyone who's listening who didn't first of all who, di- who didn't see this list before, they were like, okay, obviously number 10, probably Lamar Jackson's gonna be there, right? Or someone else. And then it's Dak Prescott. And then Lamar started trending because they're like, where's Lamar? And there's a big conversation. Obviously, people know how I feel about this list. Uh, but uh wh- where do you where do you how do you feel about this list, Ashley? First of all, Tom Brady is four. What do you think? They have Tom Brady at four. Yes. What do you think? I mean, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers are over him. I. Okay. I personally would go Brady. I mean, yeah, Brady, Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers, personally. 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 Just because I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers putting up great stat lines in the regular season when it comes to the playoffs, he goes mm, missing. Like, you can't be number the number one quarterback doing that. Mm, I'm sorry. Like, you just can't. So, that alone takes you out of the top three. Like, I I can't give you that. You can't build Um, Julius Randle out there. I just... I just... I just... I get no shade. Um, Wow. (laughs) I love Julius. I'm not going to do that. But, um, yeah, first of all, I would... Again, no shade, but I would take Deshaun Watson off the list. Like it should Thank be reserved you. for quarterbacks that are probably going to play this season. And I would take 
him out and put Lamar in that position. I would, I don't have a problem with Dak being 10. Dak, Dak is a top 10 quarterback, but he can't break higher than eight. If you ask me until I see something more from him in the postseason. And that's mm. just what it comes down to. He's 10 because he's talented. And I think anyone who says that he's not is a hater, but like you can't crack that, you know, top eight, top seven until you start doing what those quarterbacks ahead of you do when it counts. And that's where the notch in Dak's belt is for sure. And I'm concerned for th- this season, not for him, just because my team looks drastically different than it did last season. And last season, we didn't do what we were supposed to do against the Rams. I still have nightmares about that game. Like <laughs> that game was abysmal. And now I don't have Amari Cooper. He's in Cleveland. Um, my tight end Schultz, they still haven't reached an agreement with him. So don't know what's going on there. Um, my the center retired. Backs. My center retired. Um, I got a few offensive linemen who are not coming back. I just, I'm very concerned. <laughs> like I'm very concerned moving forward. So I don't know. They're too busy selling like AK 47 espresso in Dallas and worrying about protecting your quarterback. Like it, I just don't know what's going on. I'm very it, confused. I, I, the, the memes that are going on right now, the usher watch this memes, right? Yeah, like I, everything's going on. I feel like that's deck Prescott going into the postseason. He was like crazy numbers, like, like top, P, uh, QBR and touchdowns, crazy, like, and also in primetime spots. That's why Dak's kind of loud is because he makes all these amazing games and big plays in these primetime windows. And then yeah. it's like postseason Dallas Cowboys, who can beat them? And then they sit back and like, watch this. <laughs> like they go and blow the bag. And there's a new reason to be hype every, every off season for the Dallas Cowboys. Last year was Michael Parsons, rightfully so. Is there anything to hang your hat on well, going into this season? I also think, like, we talk about this so much with Baker Mayfield because he's been the offseason conversation. Dak Prescott, the whole story going into last year was him being injured. Like, that was not a guy that was playing at 100% for a large portion of last season. And because he's out there, like with Baker Mayfield, we just sort of said, all right, you're out there, we expect you to play, and we're not going to make excuses for it. But... With so much else that went on, when you are now going to have to be the guy that kind of overcomes some of those other deficiencies, he was doing that at less than 100% from the get-go. Like, we knew that going in. No, absolutely. And it's going to be interesting to see what he looks like. He's 100% healthy now. He said he's in his the best shape he's been in. He's confident. You know, he's gotten those, you know... A lot of people don't realize injuries, especially the magnitude of which Dak had. I mean, that was a gruesome, gruesome injury. It was tough to watch. I mean, watching it in real time, whether you were a Cowboys fan or not, like it's hard to root against Dak Prescott just because of everything he's been through. And, you know, he's a friend of mine. He's ultimately just a really nice guy. Like he, like down to it is just a really nice person. So it's just very hard to see someone who's battled so much and is genuinely a good person go through that. Um, it mentally messes with you too, right? Because your body is ready, but your mind constantly goes back to that moment. And you saw it. He was a little bit more indecisive with the ball last season than we've seen him before. He wasn't as fearless as you can expect. You Every time you want to run and leave the pocket, your mind goes, okay, remember what happened last time? And it, it messes with you. It mm-hmm. makes you indecisive. It makes you do things that you probably wouldn't have done pre-injury because you were running free. You know, there, there wasn't any type of memory there to make you be apprehensive. So this season will be a telltale sign if, if we're going to get a Dak Prescott who's fearless once again, 
or if you're going to get a Dak Prescott who's indecisive once again. And indecisive Dak Prescott doesn't work because it's just he makes rash decisions that ultimately, especially now that you don't have Amari Cooper as a safety net, you still have C.D. Lamb. That's great. But you don't have multiple safety nets like you once had. You, you got to be able to pull out different tricks out of your bag. And I really hope offensively the Cowboys either create new schemes for whatever version of Dak Prescott we get now. Because if you saw last season, they were running a lot of the same schemes for the old Dak Prescott, the fearless mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. work because Dak wasn't fearless. He was scared. Like you could see it in the way he was playing. So I would like to see the offense either go back to fearless staff because that's the quarterback he is now, or I want to see them adjust their game plan to whatever version of Dak Prescott that he is now, but you can't do both. You have to pick which version you get. It was wild to see in that sense. Kellen Moore started to get a lot more criticism towards the end of that year for a guy who was talked about so much as one of the next young offensive head coaches that was going to be picked up through the league. Like When it comes down to that, I think coaching for the- I think coaching for the Cowboys is going to be a big topic for this. So, Ashley, I want to I want to ask you this about your two teams then and the Knicks and the Cowboys. If your teams are ultimately going to get where they want to go, do you think Do you think that Tibbs or Mike McCarthy has a better chance of being around for the ultimate success of their respective teams right now because I feel like both have been criticized in their own way about their ability to be the leader long term. It's Tibbs for sure. It's 100% Tibbs. Tibbs is for, you know, his shortcomings where he's a little bit old school and in, in his rotations and and his love affair with vets and not wanting to develop young players. I think he also is an old school head in terms of defense is, is his, also his main priority. I'm still a firm believer that defense wins championships. I think Mike McCartney, um, first of all, his time management pisses me off. Like, it's just, I don't know how you overcome that. Like, it's just, there were instances where he didn't even see the clock. Like, I don't know how you fix that. Like, how do you not see a gigantic clock at the end of the field and no one to call a timeout? Or no one to like, you know, change up the play or no, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how you overcome that. And listen, Dak Prescott, love him to death. He's not Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers is not going to bail you out to win you a Super Bowl. You have to come a little bit more prepared and a little bit more savvy to make something happen. And I'm, I, I know he took time off of football to become a better coach. I haven't seen the better version of him yet. Like I'm waiting to see. I don't know where it is. I don't know if he went to like a coach camp or whatever, but if he did, he guys, he has to go back because it's just like, I haven't seen anything that I can say, this is the guy who's going to go ahead and bring Dak Prescott and these Dallas Cowboys to the promised land. I just haven't seen anything that makes me think he's that coach, but knowing Jerry, he'll probably have 10 years to prove it. So. Oh, don't do that. Oh, There's plenty God. of time to figure it out. His pl- Jason I, Garrett was around for, what, a decade? Like, yeah, it was, yeah, I don't wish that on y'all, though. I really, 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 really don't. It probably is going to be the case. I guarantee you this. Tibbs would get fired before Mike would. Oh, now that, okay. Now, talk about futures. I would love to uh, go to Vegas w- with that one and see what the odds are. I guarantee uh, you the odds are in my favor that Tibbs would get fired from the New York Knicks before Mike would. Absolutely. He just won coach of the year two years, two seasons ago. I'm telling you, if the Knicks 
if the Knicks don't get better and they regress, I promise you, New York will run him out of the garden before Jerry would ever escort Mike out of Jerry's world. It's just how it's just the way it works. Like it's it's a very, very I'm a Cowboys fan. I know these things. (laughs) The Daily News, the Daily News headers like uh, Tibbs and Jalen Brunson can't get along. Tibbs got to go. They'll figure some way to get out. You see, you see how many coaches we've run out of Madison Square Garden. And I mean, basketball too, like the first thing in the NBA, if something's going wrong, coach got to go. Easiest one to pull out of there and just take some guy off the bench. Like that's just kind of how that league operates. See how quickly we got Fisdale out of there? Man. Man. Oh my you God. Quickly, you see how quickly so we got fast. Isaiah Thomas out of the garden? You see, I mean, the list goes on and on. Like it's, it's, there's no room for error. Like it's. Tibbs was with the Grizzlies so quick. Oh, Listen, not Tibbs, excuse me. No, Fizz uh, was in and Fizz, out. Yeah. It went from t-shirts and people wearing his glasses in the in the stands and making jokes. And probably in the span of 16 weeks, that man was looking for a new job. That's just I, the, I saw him start popping up around the building on ESPN. I was like, damn. That's the way it works. That's New York does not play any games. So okay, well, New York doesn't play any games. You guys have great takes, you know, debatable left and right, bing bong. Um, but <laughs> something you tweeted yesterday. Oh, God. Really, 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 really bothers me as a plus size uh, gentleman. What? Can we talk about how blue cheese absolutely sucks? End quote, Ashley Nicole Moss. Oh, blue cheese is horrendous. Okay. Now, what on what does item that, are we Does talking that make about? you team ranch, by the way? Is that yes. make you firmly... Okay. Now everyone's team. Like I do, but I do both. I ask for blue cheese and ranch. I try to make sure that there's both. I try to. What do you mean? So you mix them? No, I don't mix them. Sometimes. No, like you'll dip, you'll dip one wing in blue cheese and the other in ranch and just like flip it back. And that's disgusting. It depends on if I got dry rub. It depends on what sauce. No, you you go to jail for that, sir. You go to jail. Celery sticks. Do not pass go. Because you got to collect two hundred dollars. I don't know if y'all know with blue cheese, they got chunks of cheese you can chew on. Y'all know that? Y'all know nothing about that? Blue cheese is honest. Blue cheese should really like be banned. You know, I don't know if you watch Stranger Things, but there's an episode in the new season where I won't ruin it. But in Russia, apparently peanut butter was banned at one point. And homie finds a case of peanut butter and is just like devouring it because peanut butter is banned in russia and he's stuck in russia we need to ban blue cheese in america it's disgusting it smells the texture is gross it's literally blue and it's nasty if it's good it is oh god now the blue cheese you can't tell this blue cheese or ranch leave that alone don't touch it if you can't tell don't touch it honestly i'm gonna be honest with you brandon people who eat blue cheese i'm concerned of what else you are willing to put in your mouth like that's disgusting like your taste buds are all out of whack. Like definitely guilty damn. in that department. Yeah, your I, taste like, buds are out of whack. I can't. I can't lie. I've been team ranch over blue cheese for a while, but this is the hardest I have ever heard someone go against this. I hate blue cheese, and I will fight to the death on why it's disgusting. It's up for me personally. It's up there with bananas. Oh, Ashley! Whoa, you slander there bananas out here? It's up there with watermelon. It's in that category. Uh, come on. Now, now, it's okay, up there so with you, green peas. It's okay, in now, that category. You like, it seems like you have an uh, an aversion to textures in your food. Oh, I am. A, let's, we could have a whole podcast on this. <laughs> I do. I am sensitive to texture in my food. Like 
if the texture is off, I'm not with the vibes. Like, get it away from me. Watermelon, weird texture. Bananas, yes. weird texture. I, that's why I got Wait, it. The flesh so, is different. So if you're going down this road with me, because I feel like if you're this way about bananas, talk to me about avocado because I can't mess with it off texture alone. See, I don't mind avocado because it's smooth. What throws me off about watermelon, it's like this weird combination of like grit and like, this melty liquid once it like dissolves in your mouth. And I don't like it. Bananas love the flavor of a banana, but the texture of like the grits, once you take it out of the peel, not rocking with it. Like yeah. I can't do it. When I was a kid, like to this day, I'm half Sicilian. So pasta sauce is a huge part of my life. My mom knew if there were chunks of tomato in my pasta sauce, I was not eating it. Like, don't have it in my, I don't want Damn, to like go for a spoon of spaghetti. I don't want to go for a spoon of spaghetti. And then there's a slimy piece of tomato in my mouth. Please get it away from me. Like, I'm not with the vibes. Like, I with that one. I actually like that one. No, um, I'm tech. I'm all, when it comes to food. Are you still that way with tomato sauce now? Yes. Like, is that like of all of these things? Like, cause I know yes. a, a lot of people talked about stuff you grow back into as adult. Like when I was a kid, I used to pop black olives on my finger all the time and eat those up. <laughs> I went away from them for a long time and now I'm team olives again. I rock with them. Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing that you as an adult have been like, you know what? I was wrong about. I need to go and try this again. I can do bananas now sliced. When I was a kid, I couldn't even do that, but I can never eat a banana out of appeal to this day. Like, I can't do it. I won't do it. Like, watermelon. It's like the, it's like the most common fruit you see walking around New York is I've a banana. I've been strictly against watermelon since the day I came out of my mother's womb. I <sighs> don't rock with it. Green peas also have yet to ever taste a green pea. Like, do don't mean? do it. I don't do it. I hate it. So you just gone, you just gone off sight on those. Like you were walking by faith. The smell through the, it was the smell. I could never get past the smell. They like, do stink. Yeah. Once, I thought, I thought once, were... once I'm turned off by something, I can never get turned back on. For example, when I was in college, I used to eat at Chipotle all the time. And then one day I walked into Chipotle and the smell hit me wrong and I haven't been back since. And it's been hey. like six years. Like I just can't do yeah, it. Once I'm turned there. off, I'm turned off. I hate Chipotle. I never, they was always going to Chipotle. I just would sit there hungry because I couldn't, I couldn't mess with it. When Chipotle hits, it hits. When it misses, it misses. Oh, I just know, Brandon, I walked into Chipotle one day, ready to get like my burrito bowl, like I always did. And the smell was off. And I said, yeah, I'm not doing, I can't do it. Nope. I, and I have not been back since. I don't, I just can't. I can't do it. This, this just tells me that Ashley Nicole Moss has her senses finely tuned right finely now tuned. like she is walking out of the house here like nfl combine highest grade possible level senses walking into whatever place that she is going to eat so do not give her any bananas unless they're cut up definitely don't bring watermelon around and keep your weird smells out here or else you are going to have problems problems ashley we appreciate you so much giving us some time on here. We promise we will never force those things on you in any setting with us here and we'll clear them out the paint the next time you come on here Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And and Brandon, lay off the blue cheese. It's not good for you, bro. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I feel compelled to tell you guys that over the course of that interview, you may have heard some other voices pop into frame there. I mentioned off the top that I am in Minnesota and I was hanging out with our dear friends, the Rudolphs, who have four beautiful children, one of whom is my goddaughter, her twin sister, their younger brothers. And during the course of that interview, they decided to take over the room where I was doing this show. And let me tell you what, they don't give a shit that we were doing any of this. And so <laughs> I tried to mute and work around it. This is where all my training, Brandon, during the pandemic, doing uh, Golik and Wingo in my dad's basement, where I would be giving takes on like very serious issues surrounding like the global crisis around our health and what was going on in sports and the social unrest in the country while my pug Hank was viciously licking my shins to the point of tickling. <laughs> I felt like that was training for this moment to be here in this room while all these kids are looking at me going, Uncle Mikey, watch, and then like flipping over the couch and dogpiling each other. I, yes, I, it was a beautiful sight. I just to let you know that the interview began with Kyle Rudolph and, and Jordan Rudolph's beautiful children uh, in frame talking to Uncle Mikey, asking what's an interview, which was one of the cutest things. Uh, we've heard, which and, is also like a really like wait was way too meta for me in that moment to process and answer the right way. I'm like, it, it, where it's where we talk for money in public, um, right? Yeah, <laughs> talking, talking to people, and then uh, yeah, Ashley Comas is like, uh, yeah, we we still don't figure, we're still trying to figure it out, we're still trying to figure it out. So I'm glad that they made an appearance. Basically, that kind of proves how long a child waits. Like in their mind, they waited, they gave you a day. Like you yes. said, you were busy. They're like, we'll give you, we'll give him his time, and then we'll go back in and play, uh, not knowing that you know, time's not him, as a flat circle for a child. Yeah, I don't know why I tried to like deal with them so pragmatically. I was like, guys, just give me like a half hour, and then Uncle Mikey will come play and do all that. Like five minutes went by, and they're like, all right, yeah, we're done. Like we're gonna yeah. do cartwheels and flips, and you're gonna watch. It's like, we can still open this door, and you can't move yeah. right now. So. This is our house, mister. Like, you're on our turf right now, so deal with it. So, uh, shout out to them. They are now official accredited guests of this show, and we were happy to have them. We were happy to have Ashley Nicole yes. Moss. We're happy to have one all day, of you. One day, one day we'll have their dad, maybe. One day they'll have their dad, um, their mom, Jordan, uh, sorry in advance, the Golick Family Podcast that you can get wherever you get your podcast. Jordan will be the second ever guest on that podcast whenever you listen to this or whenever you listen to that, if you are crossing over narrative universes Ooh, here. Yes. So at some point we will, you know, get all of the infinity stones of the Rudolph universe into the podcast sphere and it'll yes. be glorious. But Brandon, before that happens, something else has to happen. Because you know what time it is, Brandon? Oh, shit. <sighs> Let me Damn, think. Damn, I caught you off guard today. Let me think. Let me think I about what time it ass. is. Let me think. Oh, I, I got it. Are you hear me? Did you hear me? I do. Okay. I'm, okay. Ready? I'm ready. I'm just ready. 
Oh my god. See? This is what happens. We didn't read you praise from the comment section until you completely <laughs> biff. Oh my <laughs> god. I think that'll work. I think it'll work. Yeah. Oh my god. We will we will mercifully try and get away from that one because Brandon, um, while you may have struggled with that, at the very least, you didn't try and steal that from an internet website dedicated to duping people on stories, man. Um, oh man. And listen, I, I don't take any like joy in this, right? Like I have no hard feelings towards ESPN, full stop. I had a great time there. I love so many people go. there. That place was really good to me. But it is objectively funny that we can say in 2022, they got sacked. <laughs> ESPN got sacked. They got, they got sacked. So if anyone's not familiar, Ball Sack Sports is a account that popped up on Twitter that kind of like mimics – in the past, we've had things like Adarn Schefter, these people that will try and create Twitter handles around news-breaking entities on Twitter, especially when free agency is going on in a particular sport, when there's big news to be had, and will try and put out fake news to see if they can get people who, in our haste for content and our haste to be first, will just find news, find something that's reported. Like we said, you can put source in all caps, and it all of a sudden right. seems legitimate, and they'll throw it up on the timeline. But I will say their magic sauce, the things that sets them apart is obviously during the pandemic, graphics, quote graphics, took the fuck off, right? So ball sacks, ball sack sports are making professional ESPN style graphics, meaning like mimicking templates that they use for their graphics for all, everything at ESPN and then taking a wild ass quote, making it look very regular, and posting it, and it says via ball sack sports. The, just to give you an idea how painfully obvious they make it too, their pinned tweet is from March 5th of this year, which says, today we will focus on the dangers of misinformation in the, uh, in the media and stress the importance of media literacy. <laughs> Social media and the internet has enabled users to create and spread misinformation at record rates, and it literally breaks down how they make these fake quote graphics. Now, you could say they are culpable in this as well, and that spreading misinformation, even on something as you know benign as what's going on in sports, is a net negative. And Lord knows we have dealt with misinformation in the world over the last five or six years, and that's stuff's not cool it's very dangerous it can undermine democracy like all of these legitimately Man. awful things in the way that we see it go but in this instance it's usually just about sports moves and it leads to stuff like this so the other day john morant did an interview with taylor rooks from bleacher report in that interview they were talking about you know she asked him basically you know if you could talk to michael jordan you had a chance to converse with him what would you say and he said all this really nice stuff about how he would love to tell him thank you because he's the reason that so many guys jaws age and closer to our age picked up a basketball and played basketball right. and then when she asked him you know he said he goes i wish i could have played back in that era and, you know, they kind of did the thing where he said, you know, I would cook Michael Jordan. But he said, he goes, I would say that about anybody. You know, he said, if I was playing soccer against Messi, I would say that I would cook him because I'm always going to believe in myself. So it was that kind of like line of athlete thinking that yes. certainly would make for a good, you know, people can aggregate that and give a clickbaity headline, go off. You know, but that, also that there, happens. But also there's some, there's some leeway there in the sense that we believe them to an extent. It's like yes, we believe in your. We believe in, we believe that John Morant believes that he is 
omnipotent, omnipotent and, and can beat Michael Jordan at any point in time in any era. Like, yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll play that game. By the way, the only person who I believe when he says he could beat anyone in any sport is Anthony Edwards. He is the only one I truly True. believe his level of bravado is legitimate and that he actually thinks that he could do those things. I, yes, I believe that. I think he can do it well. I would say there's two people, Anthony Edwards, shout out to Ant, and then also LeVar Ball. Like, I, I, believe, I believe LeVar Ball wins out just by an inch, always. I don't believe in him as much, but we don't have okay. to spend any more Different time on episode. that because we've already done the LeVar Ball take cycle far too often for my liking. Um, but uh, so this all leads to ball sack sports again. So John Morant does that, and it, it could get clickbaited, but again, I, I think ultimately all that was you know pretty innocent stuff. Ball sack sports puts out a tweet that says, John Morant says Michael Jordan would be, quote, just another superstar in today's game. Says today's talent is at an all-time high. And same thing. It is a graphic of John Morant with a large quote that says, if you put MJ in today's game, he's just another superstar. We got me, Steph, Luca, Dame, Trey, and then guys like LeBron, Katie, Giannis, and Kawhi. It's not just one superstar and a bunch of, you know, average dudes, you feel? Which, again is one thing if that happens and it's there and it gets some people online the issue with this became when all of a sudden it ended up on espn's large tv morning show in get up and had an entire segment about john morant and running the quote from ball sack sports on espn one and then following it up with the topic bar on uh, Oh, no, sorry, it wasn't on GetUp. It was on This Just In, which is on the afternoon and uses a similar graphics package, which okay. is why I got ball sacked on this one. But, Damn, um, ESPN ball sacked your ass. Yeah, uh, and so I think, you know, and This Just In, I forget if it's on E1 or E+, plus or what have you, but it still ended up having the topic bar. If you put Michael Jordan in today's game, he's just another superstar, and it says Morant told Bleacher Report, which clearly was not the case. And, like, again, this isn't a dunk on anyone there. Like, David Jacoby, who was hosting at that point, came out and apologized later on. You know, he stood in front of that and said, listen, I was the one hosting the show that day. I should have been – like, he, he did all the right things on that. And, like – we understand in this day and age where there's all this stuff, there are a lot of times where things like this can slip through the cracks, especially in the middle of the summer, man, when we're all trying man. to make content out of nothing largely. Like, that seems to be the source of most of this is we're yeah. in dog days of summer before we hit NFL training camp, and we're looking for anything right now. I mean, shit, people have made covering NBA Summer League seem like it's something we're supposed to care about, so I understand it, but it doesn't make it any less funny because at the end of the day, ball sack sports, finding a way to win to this level is always going to be insane. Like, I don't even think it's that like genuinely like funny what they do in trying to trick people, but it always just is like an interesting like test of our attention span whenever this comes up. I like it the same way I like the onion in the, in the sense that it's like, this is so ridiculous and could be true in this crazy America if you don't understand the context of who's saying it, what team they play for. Like, I like the, the, the ed education that goes of, of sports, of the subject matter that goes around the ridiculous quote. So, like, yes, keep it coming. Keep it coming. And, and as long as they keep getting uh, TV play, regardless of what style of ESPN shows on, they winning. They winning out here. It is so true what you just said, too. Like, it is a testament to 
what we believe certain athletes are capable of saying. Like the believability of some of these is all predicated on what the reputation of that athlete already is. But again, the amazing part of all this is that people look at an account that is blatantly ball sack sports <laughs> and are like, oh yeah, like we dealt with this the other day with the college football news where we looked up and it was like, okay, like this guy works for Swim Swam, which clearly is right. not a college football cup publication. And we did a little digging. Someone saw ball sack sports and just like, yup, sports website. Got yeah, it's it. Like, it's like if you see, <laughs> if you see, I mean, it's honestly something that exists because Barstool does. Like, it's like, look, yes. okay, so if Barstool sports exists, then ball sex sports must be this new thing, right? Like, as much as we don't give credence to the gentleman who has ball sex hanging at the back of his pickup truck, and now I see them on the back of the Crocs. Truck like, nuts. We're not supposed to take anything. They do Croc that, nuts now? They do Croc nuts now. They do. It's very, wow. it's very, I thought it was classy. Michelle said it was gross. And she's like, men. And I was like, well, I think, you know, boys. Uh, but anyways, whatever sells, sells. But in that same sense, we, we're not to take ball sex seriously. Like, I know it's just a part of the male anatomy. But if we see it written out, if we see uh, ornaments of them at any point in time, it is a joke. Like, it, it's supposed yeah. to be funny. Knockers on the doorbell. Uh, uh, see uh, Scary Movie 2. Um, but just ball sex punchline just everyone remember even in the, even in the sports world ball sacks equal punchlines man men will literally put ball sack decals on their crocs instead of going to therapy it is unbelievable <laughs> brandon let's get to that and uh that actually takes us to the movies here um Thor Love and Thunder came out over this past weekend here. I won't give out any spoilers because it's we're still in opening weekend range. I went and saw it. I will say it is very enjoyable. I had a really good time. I truly laughed, cried, was entertained. But you're going to have to go in with the right framework. And it clicked for me very early in the movie what this movie was. And I don't want to give people too much more than that because Whoa. I want people to approach with an open mind. What's the framework? Give us the right framework. All right, here we go. I'll give it right here, but I will say this is somewhat of a spoiler. So if you have not seen Thor Love and Thunder at point of listening to this podcast here, this is a mild spoiler in that I think it gives you a lot to think about going into how you will judge this movie. So if you don't want that, stop listening right now. Make sure we know this. I've given you plenty of runway. Now, Brandon, do you still want to know? Yes, because I feel like me and everyone else who is on Twitter, and obviously if you're listening to this podcast, maybe we're uh, this is your supplement to being on your timeline all the time, so we are your Twitter. But I feel like anyone who's been on Twitter since the movie has come, came out via headlines has already gotten a little teensy-beensy, weensy little bit of spoiler in them. Like the, the, the well has been tainted, in my opinion. Uh, in a, so... I don't want you to feel as bad going into this information, and I absolutely, right. I absolutely, I absolutely, dutly, dutly want to know what you have to say. I hate you for saying that, but um, <laughs> all right. Now that we've given everyone that, I will say, like my my thing is, and how you have to frame this movie, and what will make it much more enjoyable when you do is, it is a kids movie. Like this is uh, a kids no, movie. Not to another take your word. Not a, not another word. All right, that's it. 
Wow. A very enjoyable one and a very good one. And one that yeah. stars Chris I Hemsworth. Mean, and okay, yes, go, the portion of that we wanted to get to is Chris Hemsworth in a number of interviews said that his younger brother Liam almost stole the role of Thor from him during the process. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth who is 38, almost lost out on the role to his brother Liam, who I believe is 32. They have an older brother, Luke, who's also an actor and had a recurring role in Westworld. But apparently Chris said his initial audition, in his own words, was pretty terrible. And his brother Luke or his brother um, Liam did really well. And basically it just came down to Liam still looked a little bit young and they wanted someone a little bit more rugged. Chris's uh, auditions got better as it went along. And Brandon, to me, that's probably what that means is Chris just took his shirt off in the next one and they realized that's our God of Thunder. Yeah, I can. I can. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Thank God that that happened. And I, I, I just trust the universe to get things right. Hell, half the time, if the wrong superhero gets casted, usually you just have to wait 10 years, maybe five, and they'll, they'll recast, uh, see, Eric Bana in the Hulk and uh, who's the guy in American History X? Oh, Tim Norton. Um, yeah, Edward Tim Norton. Edward Norton. Edward Norton. <sighs> Jesus Christ. But anyways, yes. Okay, I see that. I'm glad that that, that got straightened out. And obviously, yes, you have to take Thor, well, the hunky Thor, the big Thor. Like We don't need someone looking like the Flash in, in well, Thor's costume. Chris is still a pretty well-built guy, but I'd say this I'd ask you this question, Brandon. Is this kind of a twist of the knife by Chris Hemsworth? Because while Liam Hemsworth is a part of the Hunger Games franchise, so I'm sure he's not hurting for money, like Ooh. they've all gotten good work. There's no question that Thor has been a part of the Marvel decade that really minted this franchise in the MCU movies and did monster box office numbers, made a ton of money over the years. So I guess all that is to say, Brandon, like, is he messed up for bringing this up in public and kind of twisting the knife on Liam? I think it's the the thing is like finally telling people the truth because I guarantee you they talk about it all the time. I feel like it's like one of those things that like every time Liam's trying to hang out with Chris and he texts me, he's like, ah, actually, Marvel shit or ah, Thor, uh, kill me another premiere in Australia. I'll be back uh, in a fortnight. I I do I think I think this is I think they've gotten past it but I think it's a reminder to everyone else just how much how how higher Chris is above above Liam in the space of television because of this or not yeah, television, in, in in the space of entertainment obviously I, Miley Cyrus uh Liam not that that is like a in the family you he may he may have a little bit more cachet and literal cash laying around cuz of Miley but still, like Chris is, he's Thor. Man, if nothing else, I'd be pissed just because of the workout routine he got to be a part of. I saw they dropped one of those things about how, because part of the joke too was the last time we left Thor, he was 
Fat Thor. He was the bigger Thor that we had yes. seen in one of the last big movie franchises <gasps> and about him working his way back into shape. And they put out a video on Instagram, like a reel, of Chris Hemsworth doing the workouts to train for being Thor because everyone's seen the previews where they do that scene where he's in front of the other gods and they rip off all his clothes. And man, oh man, if he achieved that body without performance-enhancing drugs, he is truly the god of whatever he chooses because my god in heaven, carved out of marble. Shannon Sharp would blush looking at this guy naked. Okay. <laughs> there you go. It's not that I don't want to touch it. I just don't want to. No more spoilers. Please. That one was in the public previews. We all saw how that man looked. It's true. It's true. It's true. Brandon, let's get to the third, though, here is something else that will be mildly upsetting to people here. Um, yeah. Since it opened in 2001... The stadium that houses the Pittsburgh Steelers has been known as Heinz Field. It has been announced that that will no longer be the case as of Monday of this week. A new 15-year deal has been inked mm. with Acrisure, which is a top 10 global insurance broker. Uh that is also apparently buying the naming rights to an indoor arena being constructed near Palm Springs. But Heinz decided not to re-up on this. Um, They had initially signed a 20-year deal for the naming rights to the field for $57 million in 2001, extended it through 2021, but ultimately it did not happen. Heinz put out a tweet and said this name may be changing, but it's not our goodbye. Pittsburgh will always be a home for Heinz. Our partnership continues and we're excited for the future. Looking forward to next season. Until then, share your Heinz Field highlights. Uh, so, why, they, why they lying to us? I don't know, man. I don't why know they lying to us? If y'all was always going to be home for Pittsburgh, y'all wouldn't have left. Like it, this, it would still be the Heinz Field. Like I understand generations move on and different people own things and different things people are called things and different things are called things, but like we gotta draw a line somewhere. And I, I know after the Staples Center became the cryptocurrency, whatever the fuck Crypto.com. Everybody excuse me? Crypto.com. Yeah, thank you. Crypto.com. I, I and then what was the what was the name of the uh was the Airlines Arena in, in Miami? Yeah, now it's uh, FTX. Oof, listen, I just I, I I mourn I mourn for those who don't recognize it, who don't grow up knowing it as Hinesfield, because that's what it is. I'm not even I'm not even a Pittsburgh person, and I know it's Hinesfield. I, I I famously call Pennsylvania the Indiana of the Northeast, and that's only an insult to people in the Northeast. And I still think I still feel special feels. When we get to talk about Heinz Field. You know what's funny, though, is like we have gotten to this point, and we did this with Staples Center, too, where we are mourning the loss of just another large corporation's name that's been on a building for a long time. Like, it used to be back in the day where a lot of these ballparks, especially I remember in Major League Baseball, when this boom of team, you know, 
teams buying up sponsorship for weird things became part of this. It used to be the parks had actual names and stuff like that, and you mourned the loss of that. Now it's just like, all right, one multi-million dollar organization is now losing out on this in favor of a newer and more current one. So it, it is going to be very strange. Like you got used to the giant ketchup bottles in the stadium, having been inside yeah. there a few times and seeing it up close. But the other part of this, though, that sucks, Brandon, is like, Acrisure is not easy to say. There's no like easy nick. Like, do you call it the act? Like, at least with crypto.com, you could call it the crypt or something like that. This one, Ugh, can this you? one, there's no easy nickname off of it. Like, I remember when I was a kid growing up in Arizona and they opened Bank One Ballpark where the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks used to play, and everyone would just call it the Bob. Like, you had an easy solution Ooh, like to a that. corporate problem that they hated because they were not getting the bang for the buck that they looked. So, uh, Brandon, I'm kind of out on this one, less because I have any sort of, like, more... You know, I love ketchup, don't get me wrong. Ketchup's great. I you know use a ton of it, but I usually don't mourn for that. But it just kind of sucks because this is a harder name to say, and I don't think I'm going to have fun trying to remember it. Yeah, I mean, we should try to keep the harder names away from the... Not to be stereotypical, but the football stadiums. We'll simplify things. Simplify an attack, man. So congratulations. I guess there is like technically Pittsburgh ties uh in this somewhere. Um it's recently acquired part of Tolco, a tech company based part in Pittsburgh, founded by Thomas Toll, who is a minority of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He became a chairman of Acrisure Technology Group. If so facto, I guess there's some crossover here, but it does not feel like enough to justify this move. So congratulations. Look what you did. Look what you did. The, the, you know the, did you know Kraft and Heinz merged? Yeah, I just kind of I, I saw a map one of those like on the internet a while ago about how all those companies are like very quietly owned, really by like the same three large corporations, and you can pretty much trace anything we buy back to all those people and the way they're shuffled around and connected. It's one of those graphics I should probably fact check more as we talk about misinformation online and stuff that's easy to throw up there. Nope. But for the purposes of this conversation, it feels a little bit uh, easier to just fudge by. Uh, speaking of fudge by. You've probably fudged by a couple of minutes or two in this podcast along the way. But if you made it here, we always appreciate you. Thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, rating, reviewing, unsubscribing, resubscribing, leaving us a five-star rating, and a review answering one of our many ridiculous prompts. We appreciate you. We thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.